So there's this little thing called church history. And you may not know this, but it hadn't always been that there were uh, this organization we call church, an Um, institutionalizing of the church. It wasn't until the late 4th century that Constantine actually started building churches. And so what we have today is in structure of church, it hasn't always been. And so it's interesting in the part of the world that we ministered in, you talk to them and they have so used to the big Hagia Sophia, which is what Constantine built in Istanbul, Turkey. It's huge. And it was, it's the largest church at that time, especially. And it's huge. But sometimes we often we think that church is a building. And that's what church is all about. The four walls that we see. But church is much more than what we see and we know today. In church history it was, and what we're going to be talking about eldership today, in church history and what they did in the very early church, in the first church, they went around, and we're going to look at it this morning, preaching the gospel, and then they would appoint elders. And then not only would they appoint elders, it would be the qualification of who can be an elder, And the reason they appointed elders within the church. We'll talk about that this morning and then the exhortation to elders of what they need to be doing and who they are. You see, the office of elder is found throughout both Testaments of Scripture. In the New Testament, the term used for elder can mean age or status in society, but that is not the main focus. But it is on the God-ordained spiritual leadership of local congregations of believers. Elder and New Covenant churches carry a solemn spiritual authority with clearly defined qualities of character that have to be filled in order to do the office. It is clear that the establishment of God's rule over His people, whether in the Old or New Covenant era, involves the important agency of eldership. And so this is no small thing that we're doing this morning. And so we're going to look to Scripture this morning to kind of be our guide and to look at it. So we're going to go first to Acts 14, verse 21 through 23. And how we got to where we are at today. After they had preached the Gospel in that town and made many disciples, they, turned to, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Strengthening, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them, it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. When they had appointed elders for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so what they did is they went around and actually what we would call apostles, a true apostle, is one who goes around, not one that calls himself an apostle. I can call myself anything this morning, by the way. Um, And handsome is one of them. (laughs) I'm a bad jokester. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Where do I go from there? Okay, thank you. What they would do is go around and they'd evangelize. 
They would take the good news. And they would actually go proclaim it. And we see that Jesus actually told His disciples to do this in Luke 9 and Luke 10. Go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Heal the sick. And those that are diseased and preach the good news to the poor. And then after that, those that give you peace, leave your peace there. And then that's how the church was going to get started. That, how it was, that was how the church was going to get built. And so we see Paul was converted and he went. And so this is what Paul has done. He went throughout all of Asia and throughout a lot of Europe. And he did this very model. And so what they did is they, they proclaimed churches started and what we see is not what we see today as I already shared. It was done in houses and different places is where they would fellowship. But they would appoint men amongst them to lead the church. And so I want to look this morning at Titus 1.5, and it says this again, and we're going to be skipping from 1 Timothy to Titus and just see the qualifications. So we'll have it all up there, and you're welcome to look in your Bibles, but I will go quickly. It says, Titus 1.5 says this, The reason I left you in Crete, was to set right what was left undone, and as I directed you to appoint elders in every town. And so let's put this in the context of our church today. We're in Menasha, Wisconsin. Say Paul passed through and he started the church at Cornerstone. And then he appointed elders to oversee Cornerstone. And we are an elder-led church here. And he appointed elders to oversee the flock and to continue on. We've been established for some time now. And we have elders in place. Brother Greg is an elder. Brother Chad is an elder. And Brother Dave is an elder in our church. So let's say Paul came by and started this. But you see, something in Titus hadn't happened that it had happened at other places. They had not done yet what Paul had directed them to do. So he's writing a letter of admonishment to say, this is what we need to do. You need to set right what was left undone. As I directed you to appoint elders in every town. But then we see in the church of Ephesus, it was a little bit different. A very different situation, and it was already established. Well, we are established But we still go through the qualifications and the appointing of elders here at our church. So let's go on to the second point, and who can be an elder. And I want to kind of go through Scripture and and bounce back and forth, but let's read together. 1 Timothy 3, verses 1, we'll start there. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, He desires a noble work. Did you know that everyone, every man in here should desire to be an elder in the church? Did you know that? Now, it may not be everybody can be an elder, but it should be a desire. It's actually a noble desire. And it's something that we should all aspire to. It's to being somebody that is worthy of the calling that we've been called to. So Warren, my first question to you, it's an easy one, I think. The desire to be an elder is a noble desire. 
Do you desire to be an elder at Cornerstone Church? Oh, I'll put in my own words. Uh, I know what the scripture says about uh, desire to be an elder. Um, I guess I don't look at it from the perspective of desire. I just, um, I, I just want to be able to serve the Lord and whatever he calls me to be. Uh, and if that's, if that's uh, being an elder, then I'm willing to. Um, I'm not sure, like, like everyone, every one of you, I don't know if you, you know, as a Christian, do you, do you have, like, your desire to, like, be an elder? Uh, in my personal uh, experience, I have, I have not had that desire, but what I do desire is that um, to be obedient to the Lord, what he calls me to. And I believe that uh, at this stage of my walk with him is that he has called me to be uh, in the role of an eldership. And, and I don't take it uh, lightly either because I read uh, a lot of things about being elders. It's, um, God holds elders to be uh, much higher standards and we're judged based upon that, and so uh, I have noodled on the, the thought of how many, you know, should I be an elder, should I not, and, but uh, am, I su- am I sufficient enough to, to be in that role, and am I even qualified? But uh, what, you know, and I have asked all the elders here uh, about how, uh, if I am, I told them to be honest with me, if I'm not qualified, if I'm, you know, if I'm not right for, for that office, let me know because it is not something that uh, I, I would take lightly about that. Um, but, uh, but what I observe is that I've been gone, I have gone to all the meeting with all the elders for pretty close to a year now. And what I've learned was that there's a lot of decisions that they make and a lot of, uh, it's not a lightly uh, decision in, uh, that to be made lightly. A lot of, most of the time, we would discuss it, and then they would say, let's pray about it, come back later, and they would come with, to the point, what does God say about um, what, we, what they ought to do? And so, I really appreciate that. Uh, plus, I, you know, what, what I see is that um, their heart is, is, uh, is really loving Jesus, you know, and, and, and serve Him, and that's what I think inspires me. So is that a yes or no? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Warren. Yeah. That, and that he's right, and I, I, that's what I want you to be able to have the freedom to say what God has placed on your heart. So let's continue to read. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach. And the word overseer here can mean a couple things. It can mean a bishop. It can mean an elder. It can mean a pastor. It can mean an overseer. So there's a lot that can go into to this word. But he must be a husband of one wife. And I'm sure you're thankful for that, Lee, this morning. <laughs> so he has to be a husband of one wife. Self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household competently and have his children under control with all dignity. 
If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he may become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good rep- rep- uh, reputation among outsiders, that he, so that he does not fall in disgrace in the devil's trap. And then it goes on in Titus, and we're just going to compare these two verses 6-9. through nine. An elder must be blameless. Again, the husband of one wife, with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. An overseer of God's household, he must be blameless. Twice it says he must be blameless. And I want to say this. The character always outweighs charisma. Character always outweighs charisma. Charisma will get you so far. What do I mean by charisma? An outgoing person. A person that you think has it together and can do this. But character always trumps what we consider on the outside to be the best. And I believe that Warren has the character that I've, since I've known him, he has the character. Now, he knows as well as I do, he's not perfect. What? (laughs) But you know what? I have been pretty honest and at Cornerstone here. I'm not perfect either. If we're honest in the pews, you're not perfect either. We have grace for one another and we come under the blood and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is the one that makes us blameless. He is the one that makes us holy and able to walk out the office. He must not be arrogant, not hot-tempered, not excessive drinker, all these things, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, holy, self-controlled, holding faithful the messages taught so that He will be able to both encourage with sound teaching and refute those who contradict Him. So Warren, I have a few questions for you in regards to what I just read. What is the Gospel? What is the essentials of the Gospel? The essentials of the Gospel, well, believing that uh, the deity of Jesus, that He came, that God came in in flesh as a man, and that uh, salvation is by the the grace of God, and that... um, and that is through his son's uh, uh, sacrificial death and resurrection. And uh, there's really nothing that we can do uh, to earn it. I know that 12 years ago, if you would have said, hey, Warren, you're a good man, I probably would have agreed with you. <laughs> you know, I would say, I'm a good man, you know. But, um, but when God came 12 years ago, uh, I, I have experienced God, you know, and that if I compare myself to God, I'm just so way off. And uh, I think that was the first time I knew that uh, I wasn't a good man. Uh, but it was, but uh, it is through Christ that I am good, you know, so. So, my question for you, because one of the qualifications of being an elder, and I know that sometimes, I, I want to unpack this real quick, is that but you have to be able to teach. That's a, it's a core component of being an elder. 
But I think often, so, so often that we think that that means that you have to be a good preacher or a good public speaker, but that's not really the total case. Now, that may be some calling for some of the elders to be able to do that. And I'm an elder, and that's what I do. I'm the lead pastor here. But the point is, is that you have to be able to teach others the essentials of the gospel. And so my question for you, and I know you have a gift of evangelism, are you able to take the truth of God's Word and really refute? And also admonish others to, to come closer to Christ. Are you able to do that? Yes. I have, I have done it um, as I walk with the Lord, but um, it's all the Holy Spirit that leads me. You know, I, on my own, I, I couldn't do it because, uh, you know, I'll probably stutter. I don't have a stuttering problem. <laughs> but uh, I know that when the Holy Spirit leads me, I'm able to do uh, what I do. Amen. That's good. So let's talk about the aspects of, of children. How many children do you have? One. Okay. So if you guys don't know Warren, they have one child and his name's Joshua. I could probably let you uh, introduce him. But the interesting part about our history with Warren and Lee, and it's interesting because we didn't know this. They had started the church already. But um, Alyssa's grandma and grandpa actually kind of adopted their family and helped their family out when they moved, which we didn't know that, but that was pretty cool history that we have with uh, Warren, and so um, pretty neat. So we know a little bit about their family, not much, but also I know that they spent a little bit of time in Fort Smith, Arkansas, which if you know, I'm from Fayetteville, Arkansas, and that's just down south of where we are, and so that's kind of a neat but I want to hear a little bit about your son Joshua, and is he in the faith? Well, when we came to Crisis 12 years ago, he was uh, only a sophomore in high school, and uh, we tried to uh, lead him to Christ. But that's a matter of the work of God, not us. You know, We can only do what we do, uh, but we have to trust that God is going to uh, change him and that he's going to call him at one point, because I, I, I was 42 when God came, you know, so uh, I'm, I'm just hoping and I'm, we're praying that God would just show up really soon, but that's just the father and the mother's hope, uh, but it is really in God's timing, but uh, God said he promised that he will save our children, you know. So then I have another question for you. Um, in regards to your child, is he respectful to both you and Lee? Yes. In, in what way? So let's hand the mic to Lee. I wasn't going to do this, but I'll, say, I'll do this to you this morning. In what ways do you feel like Joshua still, although he is not in the faith yet, how is a way that he honors you guys? Because one of the qualifications of the elder is that he handles his household well. And so how do you guys feel like you've done with Josh? Well, we wish that he was in the faith, and we wish that he was a follower of Christ. Um, but as far as our relationship with him, we've strived very hard to maintain a close relationship with him um, in terms of love and respect with each other. And we do believe that he does have that for us. Um, he has a respect for us in terms that we are his parents and that he knows that we love him unconditionally. Um, and he... You know, it's, it's like we, we talk and we 
we converse and we are able to share um, our, you know, our sorrows and our happiness with each other. When he has something good, he calls us and tells us. When he struggles, he calls us and talks to us and asks our advice um, as much as he wants to hear it. Um, you know, so I guess that's as far as I, I can say about that. That's good. Thank you. Because it's important. Because the way you manage your household is the way that you're going to manage the house of God. And I know this sounds like, what are you doing here? It's putting the weight into the Word of God. And it's allowing us to look at the Word and how does our lives compare to the Word. And for them to be called into an eldership, into a part of of shepherding the body here at Cornerstone, these are important aspects of the Christian life that he must be walking. And why is it so important that he's able to teach? You guys hear me talk about this a lot. You might think I'm paranoid of wolves. And, but the truth is, is when they started the church, went around proclaiming the gospel, there was always somebody that came right behind poor Paul and continued to, to disturb the body. They came for the very issues of dividing the body of Christ and bringing division. And so we have to watch out. So what an elder's, one of his jobs are is to make sure that you are safe. And when Warren was talking about some of our eldership meeting, I'm just letting you in on a little bit of an insight, is we do talk about potential dangers that come to the body. Either it's through people, or it's through a a certain type of doctrine, or something. We're discussing amongst each other how we are to handle this situation, and then we pray about it. And it's important that your elders have the gospel and the doctrine down in their heart. And that's the way we function as a church. But listen to this in Titus, and then we'll read in Acts 2. It says this in verse 10 through 14 in chapter 1. For there are many rebellious people full of empty talk and deception, especially those from the circumcision party. It is necessary, and those are the religious people, It is necessary to silence them. They are ruining entire households by teaching what they shouldn't in order to get money dishonestly, or we can say fame. We could add that there. And I don't want to add to the Word of God, so maybe not. But money dishonestly. They want others to follow them. One of their very own prophets say, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. For this reason, rebuke them sharply so that they may be sound in faith and may not pay attention to Jewish myths and the commands of people who reject the truth. And then Acts 20, verse 25 through 31 says this, And now I know that none of you among whom I went preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. This is Paul speaking. Therefore I declare to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of of all of you, because I did not avoid declaring to you the whole plan of God. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. So he's talking to the eldership in Ephesus. And he says this, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased, Warren, with his own blood. 
So the people you see before you have been purchased with a great price. It's the blood of Jesus. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Men will rise up even from your own number and distort the truth to lure the disciples into following them. This you must be able to teach, you must be able to discern, and must be able to see. Therefore, be on alert, remembering that night and day for three years, and this is the heart of an elder, I never stopped warning each one of you with tears. And I want you to know that we think of you 24 hours, 7 days a week. There's never a time that one of you does not pass through my mind and pass through my prayers. And I think it's the same with all the elders. And I would like to commend you the same way. Is you to be praying for the body. You to be seeing the well-being of what they are and who they are in Christ. This is a heavy calling. Are you sure? It's too late. Isn't it? <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. I pray and ask that this is encouraging you. And I pray and I ask that you are seeing the way the church is to function biblically. And this is the way that God has set out for us. So I want to end today before we pray over Lee and Warren, and it's the exhortation that we find in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1-5. through And again, it just gets heavier, I think. But I'm telling you, this is a good calling. I exhort the elders among you as fellow elder and witness to the suffering of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not out of greed for money, but eagerly. Not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And I would like to commend Warren and Lee, you to be great examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And I want to talk just real briefly about humility. Humility is looking out for the interest of others and not for yourselves. So often in the world's eyes, it's like me is number one. And if Paul was writing to American church today, maybe he wouldn't say we are lazy and gluttons and we are easily deceived. Maybe he would say, hey, church in America, fight against selfishness and being individualistic and looking out for your own selves. Look out for the interest of others. Fight for others. And there's always a temptation, Warren, is that when we are in leadership, 
is to take power to our head or to wanting to lord over others. But you know what the kingdom of God says and Jesus says? That's not so among you. The greatest must be the least. And He must serve others. Trust me, it is real tempting to make others do what you want them to do. But as shepherding God's flock, you must not do this. So today, I would like to pray for you guys and to pray over you. And so what we'll do is we'll go down here and then I'll have the other elders come and we'll pray for you guys this morning. And what I'll do this morning, if you could join with me, is I'll start out in a prayer this morning, and then I'll hand off the mic to these guys, and if you wouldn't mind ending us in prayer for Warren and Lee, um, and then we'll go on to communion. Well, Father God, I just pray and ask You this morning, God, we thank You for the call that You've placed on Warren's life. Lord, we don't hold it lightly. And every one of us as elders that are standing here, Lord, we take this charge personally. We take this holy calling as real. And so, Father, we just pray and ask You that the qualifications of an elder would be Warren's life. I pray for his character. I pray that it would be above reproach, that it would be blameless and would be integral. Lord, I pray that the person that we don't always get to see would be the same in front of us or away from us. And God, I know that You have gifted Lee and Warren with reputations outside of our church that are commendable. I've seen it and I've heard it. And I pray and just ask You, Lord, that they will continue to walk in this anointing and that those that see them in the public's eye would be refreshed because Warren and Lee are in their midst. So God, I pray over them. I pray for a measure beyond measure. The Holy Spirit, that You would rest upon them in mighty power. And I ask these things in Your name, Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that uh, You would uh, protect Lee and, and Warren as uh, undoubtedly... Uh, trials or uh, testings may come. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would protect them. May they be strong in their walk and in their faith and in their uh, uh, testimony. And uh, Father, as your word says that uh, angels are ministering spirits sent to serve those who are inheriting eternal life. Lord, we pray that you would dispatch your ministering spirits, ministering angels, to uh, protect them and to keep them from the wickedness and uh, the uh, evil that's in the world. And, uh, Lord, we ask that uh, uh, you would keep them healthy, keep them strong, and uh, continuing in their uh, testimony to you uh, uh, through their work and through their lives, through uh, uh, the way they conduct themselves throughout the day, Lord. Uh, we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit would be upon them and uh, that your Holy Spirit would continue to minister through them in the lives of the people that uh, they come in contact with.
Holy Father, I thank you for the model that they've come to Cornerstone with, their servant heart, Lord, their willingness to give of their time and their energy, not just to this body, but to you, Lord. Their desire to see people come to a saving knowledge of you, Lord. And I just ask that you would bless them with more of that, Lord, that they would continue to seek after your kingdom, Lord, and just bless them with wisdom and love and mercy and grace for everyone they come in contact, especially in leadership that they do here at Cornerstone, Lord, and just protect them as if the snares of this world come after them and as they come and when they do come, Lord, and that they would keep their eyes and their focus on you, on you alone, Lord. We just thank you for all that they've done and will do. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, thank you for bringing Lee and Warren to this church. And Lord, I, I know that Warren doesn't take, take this lightly and uh, it's with some fear and trepidation. And may all of us as elders always walk in that way, knowing the, um, the high calling there and the Lord, we I just pray for Warren to <clears throat> to walk in this calling according to your good will and your good pleasure. We pray for your anointing to be upon him, and uh, even an elder's anointing to be able to walk in that place and fulfill this calling that you put on him at this time in his life. And Lord, we're just thankful for our church. We're thankful for the leadership you've put in place. We pray, Lord, that we as a body might walk in your will, that we as leaders might minister to the body according to your uh, leading and your good pleasure. And may the body also relate to the leadership in a proper way as well. May we walk in unity in your church here, Lord, and may we accomplish your good purposes in the days ahead. And uh, so, yes, we just thank you once again for adding to our leadership um, and uh, bringing Warren on as one of our elders. And may you be glorified, Lord, is our um, utmost prayer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat>